Main round of the Women's EHF Euro 2022 is over. Hungary ruined the final day. Denmark are free to play amazing handball and beat Norway. Montenegro bounced their way to victory. And France continued to storm through the competition. All in the latest Uninformed Handball Hour. Montenegro bounced their way to victory indeed. But the big result was Norway losing. Yeah falling on the last hurdle of the gauntlet of main round group one against their eternal rivals Denmark who have beaten them for the first time in eight years wow a lot of games played a lot of games played <laughs> between games. the two rivals and uh, yeah, just just before we, we go into that for the final time let's celebrate we're doing this remotely so Zill myself and Alex side by side Brian Campion and the early charter flight with the semi-finalists and Netherlands in the uh, on the way to Ljubljana, Brian, you must be very excited to be joining us at long last. Uh, yeah, but nervous. But so long since I've seen you, now I know what you're going to do on me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you nervous Woo! about? Jump. What are you nervous about? <laughs> you're going to jump on me or something? I don't know. Uh, no, I'm just going to jump on you with joy. The main round groups were shaping up really nicely oh. for this big blockbuster final day where both groups were playing. Every team that was left were playing. There was some surprises in uh, main round two, which opened the whole group up, uh, mainly Germany being Netherlands, which opened that group up. It felt like everything was possible. And then... Well, then Hungary did the most Hungarian thing they could ever do is when all the pressure's off, they put out the best performance of the whole Euro. And then uh, t- today, we were watching that, we are like, oh, this is already sorted and over then. Okay, well, there's only one game that matters any bit at all, and that was then the last game of the day. Well, not the last game of the day, well, the last game of the day in Ljubljana between Denmark and Norway. It wasn't the best advertisement for the main round structure when a thing like that happens. You're like, oh, okay. Because when it's the other way, it's great, obviously. Yeah, it was so close to being the other way. It really could yeah. have been set up. Uh, it, was, it was set up beautifully. I mean, you know, three-way competition for a semi-final spot. Yeah, all three matches mattering. And then uh, go back a day in Skopje and still every team with a chance of the semi-finals. It was all beautifully wide open and then it all came crashing down. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to hide my, like, it really deflated me. Oh, but Brian, you should have seen it. <laughs> After that first game, Chris came back into our studio deflated. We had to pump him up. He was he was so looking forward to uh, watching a few good games and yeah. actually hoping that Sweden was going to go through. His, uh, not even, not even. Uh, like we, I think we talked about before, Sweden were the, kind of the least interesting team to go through, right? Sure. Uh, Sweden could have had the best chance to beat France in a eventual semi-final but I thought all I really wanted was to see Denmark in the situation where they needed to get a point against Norway that then it's the real tension and for Slovenia and hopefully the fans to stay throughout the day so there would still be a chance this is what my neutral handball heart was hoping for 
I'm really glad how the last game went, but I'm really disappointed with how the first game went. Ah, <laughs> oh, lads. I but a big, big, big story out of all of it is yeah. that uh, Denmark win uh, group. group one. So they, they finished top of the group and will now face Montenegro in the semifinal, meaning that Norway dropped dropped their first game of the whole tournament. Mm. Uh, they dropped a second and have to play France, who have stormed through the competition, have been absolutely perfect, unbeatable, unbelievable, and have to play Norway in the semi-final. But Denmark deserve, I think they deserve really their victory. Did. They really did. Well, you didn't believe they'd do anything in this final game. No, I, I thought that they needed the... Uh, the tension to get their, you know, their energy into it, their emotions in it to get, get them over that final kind of 20% that, uh, both Slovenia and Sweden couldn't do. Mm-hmm. It, you know, Slovenia and Sweden really put it up against Norway. Um, and in the end, it was just Norway's better players showing up. Uh, Katrina Lunda against, uh, Sweden, Henny Reistad. Uh, against Slovenia, they stepped up and they showed their class. And I, I, I still think that Norway have better players. Mm. They have better, a better team, have bigger stars, and they're just fantastic. And uh, Denmark needed that extra emotion to beat them. Uh, and after Slovenia <coughs> dropped the ball, um, the, there was a relief. I think, and Denmark had already qualified for a semi-final, and I thought they would go in with a slightly different mindset. This is the joy of having three people on a podcast, as we can have differing opinions. And chances are, if we all spread them out nicely enough, one person is going to ha- be right. I went with the opposite school of thought, having watched the women's team of Denmark over the years and knowing how they crumble under pressure, and feeling that being released of this burden of having to get a result on the final game and the opportunity opening up to have a potential route to the final would actually inspire them to play free-flowing, beautiful Anna Hansen handball. Hmm. But should we... Uh, we spoke to Louisa Borgard after uh, the big win. That's, and uh, she did. kind of gave her emotions going into and out of the game. So let's, uh, let's give that a listen. A win against Norway, finally. Was it everything you dreamed of? <laughs> Not yet. Everything I dream of is uh, a final. <laughs> but uh, I also dreamt for a long time about beating uh, beating Norway. So that was pretty euphoric for us. Amazing. So uh, this morning you woke up thinking that you needed a result against Norway yeah. to go through. Then when the game was starting, you were already in the semi-final. Was that a bit of a relief for you going into that game? Of course it was. I really, uh, like you said, from a woke up, I didn't count at all on Hungary. I was really just focused on our game because I didn't think it was possible at all. But then when you see the score, like 14-14 in the halftime, and then we followed the match, but I didn't want to follow the match. It was just, you could hear the girls screaming from the other rooms and everything. <laughs> then it was just pretty euphoric when it happened. So, of course, but I also think we managed to come back into the focus and and yeah, we beat Norway for the first time in what, 10 years or something. I noticed that the seven on six really worked uh, in this game. Yeah. Is that something you kind of designed to beat Norway? <laughs> uh, we tried it out some couple, a couple of times when we played against Norway in the like uh, training matches we, we had uh, during the autumn. So I think um, 
it was nice. Like we we are not afraid to take chances also, and I think it fits a defense like Norway that is really uh, structured and really in, in their uh, frames. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's Montenegro uh, in the semi-final now, uh, a classic Balkan team. Yes. Uh, is their style of play something that goes through your mind or have you even thought about it? <laughs> I, d- I didn't even think about uh, Montenegro yet. Yeah. Uh, I know they have that Balkan vibe, that Balkan uh, energy and uh, I just hope that uh, the referees will also be uh, <laughs> good in our game. So yeah, that's uh, all I hope for. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, congratulations and enjoy the rest of the evening. Thank you. Thank you, Louise Borgart. There you go. Wonderful words. I mean, who would have thunk it? It would be Denmark versus Montenegro in a semi-final. And this leads us into a question you asked me last week. Can Montenegro get a medal? You're like, but Chris, can they really? And I have a simple answer. Yes. yes. And I st- I'm, I'm still asking still you waiting. that question. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for that answer because I didn't say, can Montenegro reach the semifinals? Mm, I, I yes. knew well and truly that they could reach the semifinals. Well, they're in the semifinals. And, and they are in the semifinals. But uh, my question still stands. Can Is Montenegro it? get a medal? Uh, I, I, I'm still not sure. Yeah, I think, uh, Brian, I'd like to get your point of view on this. Is facing Denmark perhaps the worst thing that could happen to Montenegro in a semi-final? I don't know. I just feel like I worry about that style matchup of a tough defense Scandinavian handball versus Montenegro. I think it just doesn't really match up so well. I mean, it's a semi-final, so we don't know what, what's going to happen. But I, my gut feeling would be that it's just not a very good style matchup for the way Montenegro Denmark play. also did struggle Slovenia. Uh, you know, when you talk about styles of handball, uh, Balkan handball, but I think Slovenia <laughs> were extremely prepared for Denmark and that helped. Uh, it, it's not it's not the same. It, I wouldn't say it was more the style that I think it was just Dragon Adzic and that team over preparing for the game and it working. Yeah. Um, but maybe just, uh, just a few few touches on uh, Denmark-Norway. So like what, what, what did it for Denmark in the end? Like why did they win today? Like in, in actually every game in the main round, Norway played the, the team they were chasing. So they had to turn it around against Sweden. They did it in the second half. They had to turn it around against Slovenia. It wasn't like they were down by five, but they were always like, they were happy to be one, two goals down. And then, as you said before, somebody, somebody stepped up and saved the day for them. That just didn't happen this time around. And Denmark were able to adjust their style of play as the game went on. And uh, the key thing you asked Louisa about that was the seven versus six. It worked. Really worked. And and what what did I say Denmark need to do to uh, beat Norway or, and get Alex, a medal? You said they need to shoot from the backcourt. And that's exactly and what, what they, they did today. And, but was the second thing I said? They yeah. need to yeah. seven or six to be successful. And both yeah. of the, those things went right today. Yeah. I, I don't think... It's going to go right every day. <laughs> you know, the, the, these are two really risky things. Yeah. But we literally talked about Anna Hansen as well before. We were saying she took one jump shot the whole competition. And today. And I, okay, I didn't what? see today's game because I was in the other arena, but did she? I presume she took some jump oh, shots. She was ridiculous. Ridiculous she shooting today. She was even, you know, the, yeah. the behind the back pass is oh. when I knew that, oh, she's That's feeling it. She's she feeling is it feeling it. She, you know, she's, <laughs> she's a great player, but she's very, you know, 
straightforward. straightforward yeah. by the book when she pulled out the little behind the back pass to the line player yeah. that's it's like oh something's cooking now something was <laughs> cooking and uh, they yeah the backcourt let me just have a quick look at the uh the shooting statistics for the backcourt here animetta hansen seven from ten uh simona pedersen five from five where did that's that come insane, from insane where did that come from uh, Mata Tramboy, three goals. Christina Jorgensen on, surprisingly, three goals. Luisa Vinterburgar, three goals. Michaela Muller, three goals. All backward players. Wings scored one apiece. And Lions scored a few. And in the end, the goalkeeper battle was pretty close. But I feel like we talk about it a lot. Everyone talks about it a lot. It's not always how many saves you make, but the kind of saves you make and when you make them. And in the second half, Sandra Toffs made some key, key saves. And uh, she she was brilliant. She had... It, it, the stats seem a little bit unfair to her because I felt like but she had I, a better I, game than she did. Both goalkeepers were good. Mm. Katrina London, and they kind of cancelled each other out, yeah. I would say. And it came down to the stars, really. And yeah. for once, Norway lost the Battle of the Stars <laughs> in this case. But we also spoke to Bilde Instad. Yeah, we spoke to Vilda Ingstad from Norway. Uh, she was actually quite open about the game as well. Gave some interesting insight also because she uh, plays for Esbjerg, so knows coach Jesper Jensen and quite a few of the players pretty well. So let's hear what she had to say. Uh, sorry to be talking to you after a loss like today, but it's been a really tough main round group coming against three very heavy opponents. Do you think that had an influence on the game today? I don't know, it's hard to say, but I think it's, uh, you know, you get more and more tired in a tournament like this, so uh, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, it's, uh, it's hard to say, it's uh, um, margins, I don't know, small d- details who, who makes the difference today. I think we have, uh, every player on our team have one or two situations where we can say, hey, sorry, that's my fault, like where we don't do what we have planned or what we talk about that we go full out of our concept and when everyone has that it's too much we don't we cannot afford that uh, uh, against a team like Denmark and on the whole like the main round has been a pretty good one it has very tough opponents throughout how would you sum up this week it's like you say it's a hard week it's tough opponents and um, we try our best in every match and uh, today it was not enough so now we will just we need to um, get some good um, what's called recovery and then uh, prepare ourselves good against uh, France naturally enough you knew Jesper and a, a fair few players on the on the team from uh, your club handball was there any surprises that they threw at you today tactics wise or, or team wise no one that's even more annoying <laughs> <laughs> and semi-final opponents is the team that uh, probably weren't hoping or expecting to be facing so early in, in France in the semi-final too early of course to be thinking about them but what areas do you think the team can can really improve in in such a short time before that i think it's it's small details it's uh, about like toughness in defense and being more close to each other and it's like it's only small details you know being more doing it more of an effort when you shoot for example that you don't just throw the ball you need to like do your for the work before and everything you know so it's it's just small details it's nothing big we need to change and against France, they have such a heavy centre block as well. They're really difficult to deal with. They'll give you a lot of physicality. Is that something you enjoy as a line player? 
<laughs> I think I'm like forced to enjoy it. I don't know. It's not. <laughs> it's just how it is. You know, you get. Uh, you don't uh, think too much about it anymore. Yeah. Well, recover well and good luck on Friday. Thank, Thank you. you. Montenegro, we really briefly touched on them there. <laughs> Brian, uh, why the hell did Georgina Jakovic uh, take 15 shots today? Why wasn't she sitting on the bench resting her poor sick stomach? I think she's probably only back to full health now. So she's probably thinking, I've got a full of, full of energy. Do you know, after you've had a stomach bug and then you first get back playing again, you're like, God, I feel great. Now. I could lift the house. And I think she's probably in that kind of vibe now at the moment. But it's amazing to see when you see France playing with their B team and what they can do. And then you see Montenegro play with their B team and what happens to them. It's a, There's a big gulf there. And I think we realize now why Popovich only plays with seven players <laughs> when you see the drop off in quality. But like, yeah, that game today was. It's not even worth talking about. I think because like, it they, was they lost. In, what was it? It was 42-25 to Netherlands. So uh, yeah, so it, it's more it of a world like, championship score, isn't it? Yeah, more. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was more. It was very uh, North Macedonian women's team kind of vibes off it today, which was a bit unfortunate. But this, I talked to Tatiana Brunovic after the game, and she said their aim coming into the game was to. A few players get a run out, and then basically, everyone—it's going to be eyes on the semi-final. So, and she, we, we said we can now admit that looking at the scoreline today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think it's fair to say you probably took your foot off the gas a bit today with the eyes on the semi-final. Uh, yes, uh, we did because yesterday's games was really exhausting, and it took a lot of power from us, both mentally and physically and emotionally. So today was a little, as you said, I need to be honest, And but uh, Netherlands won because they played better handball today, so that was a well-deserved win. So did you have any aims coming into today's, today's game, or was it more just to get some minutes for some of the players who haven't played as much in this Euro so far? Yes, the most was that, to get every player could get the chance and show uh, what they want, uh, to show themselves, to prove themselves to the coach. So that was the main point of today's day. So the, the, the big question now for you is going to be who you're going to be playing in the semi-final. And that's obviously going to be the winner of Denmark or Norway. Yes. Would you have a preference or...? No, no, <laughs> no I cannot answer that really. Yeah. It's quite the same. I mean, they're both great teams, both tough opponents. So it would be really about who will win that one. Do you see any differences in them as teams at all? or? Uh, I can find some similarities as uh, they play both fast handball or with a lot of um, how to say fast breaks, uh, good flow in the game. A lot of players play one on one, good. Just Norway is maybe more experienced in these kind of situations. They played a lot of semi-finals and finals, so they have more finals in their legs in their experience. Talk to me now about what it's been like for you personally this whole Euro and. How it's been online, maybe, and maybe for people who don't live in Montenegro, what the reception at home has been like? Uh, it's been really crazy and emotional for both for us and for, for our people. It was crazy. We really enjoyed playing uh, home and it was amazing atmosphere and we really felt the support. And continuing here, we had that one bad game against France when really, it, I cannot say it, it was our bad day, 20 plus technical mistakes. I don't know what happened that day. A good fight against Romania and I can say that we are really happy and you know, like we are going to Ljubljana. I think we are still proceeding this until we come there and we still don't know what to expect, but we believe that we can do one more miracle maybe. 
I remember I met you at the draw a long time ago and yeah. we joked about you making it to Ljubljana now and now you're going to be actually going there so that must be a good feeling uh, yes it was great <laughs> it started you know like as a small joke you know with a little uh, with a lot of hope in it and I was really believing in it that we can do it because we are finally getting in some age that we a lot of us are growing finally have grown up so I really believe in this and I'm so happy that it's coming through I think big tournaments like this for teams, it's always about big moments. Do you have any moments in your head that you think that's a really defining moment of our tournament so far? For me, that uh, two points against Poland, I think they were really crucial now when I look back because they got us that win against Romania, got us the semifinals. And last uh, night, it was really tough this few uh, last because we were changing a lot, Romania in the lead and us in the lead. It was a really games for the nerves. So. These two games, these two moments, I would say that. But of course, I cannot say, you know, like Germany, uh, crazy tournament, really. You know, like I cannot, I cannot. I now when I think. Yeah, I think a lot of your teammates have lost their voice, but you seem to hold held on to your voice. Yes, yeah. yes, I'm still holding on. I don't know. I'm trying to save it a little, at least, so we can speak in the defense. Yeah, good. But good uh, but yes, it's it's been so much emotional, and we're starting really to lose our voices. So. Thanks very much and best of luck for the semi-finals. Thank you very Thank much. You. See, you, See you soon. Yes, you'll be out of When I met, I met her at the draw, and I brought that up also in the interview, I met her at the draw back um, months back, and we were joking about us. She said to me, I'll see you in Ljubljana. And then I reminded her of that today that, she, oh yeah, actually I will see you in Ljubljana now because you, you, you made it to the semi-final. And back then it was literally just a joke and she was very, it was very uh, kind of off-the-cuff stuff. But it's incredible to think that they have made it now. And on so few players, so can can they find the energy to get another result against Denmark? It's a very very tall task. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, in my description of what they needed to do, I said they needed to phone it in against France. They didn't quite do that, but they had the luxury to do it against the Dutch today. Energy won't be a problem. I think is the point I'm trying to make. Energy won't be a problem for them. Sixty minutes in these games, it is final four esque now. And I think no, nothing is going to stop them from just giving it absolutely everything. Whether they get beaten by strength and depth is another question. But I don't think it'll be through a lack of energy. I don't know. I, I think energy is one thing. But then there is the brutality of playing 50 to 60 minutes in six games. Um, we saw that mm. with Rajevic getting a knee to the back of the head mm. in, in the last game. Uh, Jokovic getting sick. There's the amount of knocks, the amount of bruises. There's not enough ice in the world to kind of get these players up, and they will. Okay, they will. Well, Rajevic won't be. She, I mean, she's a, she's wearing a neck brace today, so she won't be going anywhere. Oh, really? But oh, Jesus. Yeah, she was wearing. She was in the arena, but she was wearing a neck brace. Okay, so like she definitely won't be playing. Yeah. Well, well, that actually. Um, yeah. Congratulations, Denmark, on oh making God. the Alex, final. Alex, 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 Alex. All you need is seven players. Remember Vardar? Yeah, they only had seven and a half players. And now uh, Montenegro are down to seven and a half players. Ah, uh, uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, oh, Rajevic is going to be a big... That's a big, big loss. So she got... A, it was a really weird injury as she fell and got uh, a knee in the back of the head from yeah. the winger jumping in for a shot. Um real freak injury and she has been so crucial she is. for this team so much falls on Jakovic now in that semi-final 
Um, and uh, Etana Kerbic, who will play in the centre-back position ahead of her and uh, made a name for herself in the, the previous game against Romania. Brian, you were on site. That must have been quite a, an experience, that uh, Romania versus Montenegro game and the closing stages in particular. Very, very intense. Just to come back to the injury there, Sonia Serevashianu, who was the person with the knee, <laughs> she came in on crutches today as well, and she's uh, she was out injured. Because, so it was a really, really nasty collision, that whole thing. And it, that was strange. When that happened in the arena, the bench were looking towards the game, looking back towards Rajasevich, who was on a stretcher behind the, the bench. So it was this strange dynamic. But the last few minutes were absolutely hectic i personally didn't see a lot of the a lot of the the calls and shouts i was behind the montenegro bench so i only saw some of the things that happened or transpired afterwards that as you said at the top of the hour helped montenegro bounce into the uh, semi-finals so i didn't notice that initially until everybody was coming up to me saying oh my god i can't believe it i can't believe it uh i don't know where you want to start with it exactly I, I, but maybe we'll start at the end it, it was in the end it was 35 34 <laughs> to montenegro against romania um the loss knocked romania out and it uh allowed montenegro to progress to the semi-final at the time uh in the last couple of seconds it was 34 33 to montenegro and gerbich bounced the ball got a hit of a player bounced it again went through and a montenegro defender sorry a romanian defender stepped in and a seven meter was given it was a bad mistake. Um, there's there's no two ways about it. It also, you know, you, you can't guarantee that Romania would have won that game um, because they, they got a goal back, but they would have, yeah, that would have only drawn it for them, which would have just about kept them into the And it's group, easy to score that goal when the opposition is two goals up. Right? Exactly. It would have been, you know, five seconds left yeah. uh, or 10 seconds, five seconds left to score an equalizing goal. You know, there's no guarantees around that. Um, and then it's still very difficult for Romania to progress. But they did play a really, really good game. Yeah. I, I was impressed with Romania. And it, it did come down to that decision. I know there's been, uh, you know, the Romanian media came out while well, there was a... Uh, a website, uh, handballnews.ro, that made a uh, four four minute thirty second uh, video of refereeing mistakes in that game. I think, looking, I looked at that video, and yes, there were some mistakes, but it wasn't. Uh, again, it's one of those Croatia Brazil situations that we yeah. saw, where, where you know, of course, you can like pin down all of these really specific things, but when you put it together in the context of the game, yeah. it doesn't quite stand up and you know the referees may not have had the best performance but it, it really was just that final decision that makes it, it's a bitter feeling for Romania and no, no wonder they're so um angry you know Christine Yagu came out saying um how um yeah basically what did she say <laughs> I don't know um there is like an ad like I, yeah, I, 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 don't I don't know. Yeah, specific. I I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to quote. Uh, but Christine Yagu was not happy with it overall. The Romania team um, kind of made T-shirts to signify how unhappy they were with the situation. Uh, it's bad luck, yes, and a bad decision. But the, bad these luck. things happen. Yes, it was not made on purpose, and I think the 
the interesting thing usually when we have these discussions is like there is it's on the verge of a you know it's a 50 50 call or there's interpretations here there's no interpretation it was just a mistake right yeah uh, so there's nothing like to argue against it um but also i mean at the end of the day what didn't really make much of a difference uh romania lost every other game that counted in this in this whole championship so yes they're they were like hungary in that way they were like germany in that way they improved as the tournament went on but the damage was done for them much earlier and mm. We can't be saying if it wasn't for that, they'd be in the semi-final. They wouldn't be. Yeah, I got booed outside the arena because uh, I was wearing a chef top. <laughs> <laughs> I was just walking to my hotel and these guys came over to me, boo. And I was like, what? And I was like, boo, EHF. And I was like, uh, I'm a cameraman. And they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, and they just got really awkward and they just walked off. And I was like, that was a Selfie? strange interaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also had a guy come up to me in the arena today and he started showing me pictures of his car and I was like what's it why are you showing me this for and then he shows now look at this and then it's a, a broken window he's like that happened in the car park you're HF you should have been protecting that and I was like oh I don't think you understand how security works man. I don't think we're all all the, the security guards are all EHF bouncers like. <laughs> you, you weren't taking photos of the car park constantly were you Brian just coming, coming yeah, off the been, court and yeah. taking the photo just ensuring that there's not yeah. bricks being thrown for all the conspiracy theorists out there, I think there was some mad people online saying, oh, yeah, they're going to let them away through it. If you're going to let them away through something, you're not going to... It was almost so obvious, the double dribble, that it was such a basic thing. And we've seen it at times before. There was some... I think someone cut up a Kiel game as well, where a player in, in centre-back just ended up taking six steps without bouncing the ball. And as a referee, you're so engaged in when there's conflict and, like, and players come together about those moments that almost like a double dribble can 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 slip your could 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 go past you very quickly. Yeah, it's so basic. I don't know what you think, but it's so basic that it m- so doesn't basic, even like, come yeah. into the filter. Perhaps mm. it's like, why would a player yeah. at this level do it? Well, yeah, there's players all around them pulling out of each other, pushing and shoving, and all of a sudden someone takes a double dribble. That's the la- almost the last thing you think of would happen in a situation like that. So I can almost understand it in the heat of the moment. I mean, it's a terrible decision and it's, it is wrong, but there's nothing you can do. You know, it had to. The game came to a conclusion and, yeah, they can't run it back. Like So, Montenegro versus Denmark in one semi-final. I can't believe it's taken us this long to mention the other semi-final pairing. <laughs> it's France versus Norway, <laughs> folks. Yeah. The <laughs> last two championship finals. Not including uh, the Olympics. Not including the Olympics. Euro and World Championships have ended with Norway beating France in the final. It was looking like that was going to be the final again. Uh, France have looked amazing. They've just looked incredible. They've looked under control, perfect. Mm. But have they been tested? Oh, I think they're so good that like today when I saw the lineup and I saw Cleopatra Dalo in the stands, I saw Grassetti didn't really warm up, but she was on the bench. And I was like, she's not going to play today. She was just kitted out. Like I was like, she's not played. Enzabenko didn't play. And I kind of thought, okay, geez, Spain might have a, might have a goal at this now. Like, you know, they might have a chance. And then it just was like, God, their B team is like these players. A lot of players who I've heard of on the way in to the tournament, uh, like Lena Grandvieux, um, who's one of those up and coming youngsters in the uh, in on the French scene. Yeah, didn't really play a minute up until this point, and then was playing centre back. And Spain were pretty much full strength and didn't have an absolute chance. I mean, it was seventeen nine at half time, and all of the 
the B team looked like the A team and it was just absolutely incredible. So when you say, it's hard to say they haven't been tested when they're that good, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, was, I was doing the watch along with Alison Pinot and I was wondering, uh, well, we were both wondering uh, why she wasn't in the squad because she is, it's the first tournament that she uh, has missed. She still has ambitions for uh, to make the Olympic squad. But I was I was thinking, you know, these players, you know, who who was she behind in the squad? You know, what, why didn't she make it? And the players that uh, were ahead of her in this squad are Tamara Horacek, who got five goals from seven shots in that last game. Audrey Dembele, who got four from six. And Orlan Kanor, who's just been a, a rocket in this tournament. So I think that speaks to a lot of depth, as you said, Brian, uh, that they even have a player like Alessio still. Uh uh, outside, in, of the in, outside of the squad mm. you know, we kind of talked about yeah that that has the team been been tested and Norway well and truly were tested in the main round yeah and I think um yeah Let's see what happened to them <laughs> they got knocked off France have you know what what do we really think about that uh main round two group because in the end it was all very equal, but there's no kind of elite team in there. And when they played Montenegro, Montenegro were, you know, not not quite at the races. So I think France are going to come up against Norway and it's going to be a bit of a shock and Norway are going to be angry. Um, I don't know. You're creating a bit of a narrative there. I don't know. I think you could, you could also you could also spin that going. France are going into that pretty fresh, as you said have tested I mean I think the Dutch game was a good game for them so they've had parts of games where it's been where they have faced adversity and they stayed quite calm in that in that Dutch game yeah they're going to come into this really fresh with massive confidence having absolutely dismantled Spain with all the kids basically so that's just an incredible way to come into it I'm just I'm just reviewing their results just to to show how good they have been I think it's hard to realize they got a 10 goal win against Macedonia North Macedonia 14 goal win against Romania two goal win against Netherlands which was a test eight goal win against Montenegro eight goal win against Germany 13 goal win against Spain that's just nonsense <laughs> they were... I, yeah you're playing a different league you're playing a different league parallels here between France this time and two years ago with Norway because I think we were having a very very similar discussion because Norway were just too good two years ago they were tearing through everyone and it was like they're bound to come something's going to go wrong at some point they were really tested in that final but and the semi-final to be fair against Denmark two years ago and in the final against France they came out on top in the end best team will win all the games in the end uh, or at least win the final two games and there is a there's a certain point where, you know, we'll be looking at this on Friday night and either everything will go to form or everything will everything that happened in the last week or so will be thrown out the window. And that'll be that because at the end of the day, it all just comes down to 60 minutes, 16 women against 16 women. And as it currently stands, France have the better 16 women. But do they have, but the, do they have the best players? Do they have the best seven? I still don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. I think Norway do. But, but, uh, but that's but the exciting in, thing. In, in, for the, uh, Norway, the backup players, there's no star that kind of showed up when they needed them. You know, we, we talked about all these new players that have kind of been integrated into the squad and none of them have stood out. I think uh, Christine Breistel, uh was one player who uh, 
probably showed she kind of belongs at that top level. But do you know who else? And I'm super, like, she's only played one game. She's only been in the squad for one game. And I don't know if there's something wrong with her. But uh, Ragnild Villadol, who has shown she can do it in the Champions League final. She's outside the squad at the moment. I w- imagine throwing her in as another left back threat for the semi-final. I wouldn't be su- wouldn't be a hundred percent surprised if they throw a curveball in like that. The rare Geisen has been through this too many times to have, you know, shown all of his cards. He probably half expected something like this to happen mm. uh, to face France in the semi-final. And, and I saw how pissed off Nuremberg and, and Henny Reistad yeah. were when we were doing the mix zone interviews. Henny especially seemed like she was she was so angry mm-hmm. and that's not uh something that I would like to have a, an angry Henny Reistad coming my way if I was France. Yeah, France have their own vengeance in mind. As you said, a world championship final, a European championship final 2 years ago, losing to Norway. They were kind of Found out a little bit this time last year. So there, there's revenge in their minds as well. Narratives galore, you mm. might say. But uh, before we go into our final chat on that, maybe we can hear from people in the mix zone who were very happy, I'm assuming, Brian. Yes, I did speak to, uh, very briefly, Lena Grandvieux, and I also spoke to Camille Depuisé. Congratulations on the win. Um, I think it's very impressive that you play your second team today and you Spain in such a manner. I think it must, it must give the squad great confidence. Yes, uh, for me it's uh, incredible. Uh, second team is uh, in the court, but uh, we keep uh, a defense uh, of uh, uh, Team France, uh, defense uh, and uh, attack, and uh, it's a good uh, result for, for us. And, uh, I hope uh, after it's uh, maybe uh, medals. And for you, what was it like for you? Because you got a lot of minutes today uh, for the first time at the Euro. It must have been a nice way for you to get minutes because there was no pressure for today's game. So it's nice for you also. Uh, yes, a uh, little pressure, but uh, my coach and my team um, will be here for me. And um, I think I... Uh, I make uh, simple things and uh, good things. Yeah. It looked like in attack you were enjoying yourself today. There was lots of movements, lots of switching, and it was it was working very very well, wasn't it? Yes, lot of movement. It's a, a pleasure. It's a good good things and uh, with my uh, my partners. Uh, it's a good connection. It's a good movement. It's a good atmosphere. It's a, and good win. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you. You must be delighted with that result today, with all the players who didn't play or didn't feature much so far coming on and then beating Spain in a way like that must give the whole squad huge confidence going into the semi-final. Yeah, we wanted to show that uh, our team is a group of 20 players, not only 16, not some that changes. And uh, that was important for us because we wanted to show that even if maybe our uh, leaders don't play, we can still be the French team and we still defended good and did some fast break. And I think that's our uh, DNA. So uh, that's what we wanted to do tonight. And uh, I'm happy that uh, everybody could bring what he had to bring and could play and could show that uh, 
we are a team, that we are united and that we support each other to go where we want to go. And how was it personally for you to get more minutes on the court? And it, I think it's a good game to come in as well like that because there was actually no pressure today on today's game, really. Was yeah, it's never easy to play a team like Spain because there is a lot of six-meter shot, a lot of one-by-one -one players. So, you know, it's always like with the goalkeeper uh, uh, a duel that it's always hard. But I'm happy and I'm very grateful that I could play today because it's never easy to feel that you are uh, belonging to the victories that the team are when you are outside the field and then being able to play today it was really like okay no I'm part of this and like I'm happy I just wanted to come and bring what I wanted to bring my my energy my positivity helping my defense and like just uh, also feeling the support of everybody around us so I think that was super positive today and coming up against Norway now in the semi-final Obviously, that's a classic, isn't it? I just learned that. Yeah. Uh, no matter what, where we want to go, we will have to beat everyone. So we're going to play in our way. Uh, it's going to be a tough game, but we want to go to the final. So we're going to give everything we had on uh, everything we have on Friday to, to go there. And uh, we were flying to Dubiana with uh, a lot of uh, good uh, intentions. And we really want to do our best and prepare this game well to try to beat the team that is uh, now beaten also so we will see it's uh, it's never easy but uh, no matter what if we want to be champion we have to win against everyone so maybe Denmark gives you a nice blueprint on how to beat Norway yeah maybe but it's never like uh, I don't know it's Nordic teams maybe they know each other also they kind of play the same way but uh, we're gonna watch the game it's sad that the, we were playing at the same time but then we're gonna look at it and try to to do like we did, prepare the games as best as possible and then uh, trying to do our best in defense and defense strong and uh, after we're going to see just taking pleasure and being really motivated and uh, then uh, we'll see what happens. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's all over, guys. I'm sorry, the Euro has finished. France are going to win all this. I'm, I'm making my, my bold prediction right now. <laughs> the chips are down. The chips, the chips are, are down. down. The chips are down. And I might be affected by having, having watched France so much here, but I ah, there's, there's something in the You're air. Going all in on Team France here. I like it. Now, I just love to see Denmark do it. It would be great. It would be great to see a new team come out on top. New team in recent times. Well, no, Montenegro win it would be really great, though, no? Yeah, but they're, they're just I mean, not. <laughs> just not going to happen. It's amazing what Montenegro... Yeah. You know, yeah. they're, they've... Will they've they get a medal? Uh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> Will Montenegro get a medal, Brian? Mm, I don't think so, but... I can just envision the future of that exact quote where you just said there. They're not going to win. I was just laughing, being being cut out by ourselves, making a review podcast, going, "Well, we were wrong again." <laughs> Who knows? It's only 120 minutes of handball. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. Uh, it's only 120. We don't minutes know. Of handball. We, no, no, no. Rajcevic, no party. The only thing we do know is the France are going to win it, but everything else is wide open. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's it's. I know. Uh, by the way, and I, whenever we did the first preview podcast for this, I said Cleopatra Dalot for MVP, and that's looking pretty right. good. That's uh, a solid shout. Yeah, yeah. Well, she may well, only be the fourth best goalkeeper at this championship, but it's a solid shout. See what I think. I think Cleopatra Dalot should have played uh, that last game of the group and got her 
bad in um, quotes game out of the way because she just can't keep up her 45 50% save record. I just, it, it, you, she's going to have one game where she doesn't, she might have 30%. She might just have a real normal good handball goalkeeper game. But unfortunately, that's going to have to be problem maybe against Norway, maybe in the final. And that's just not good timing. She should have got it out of the way yeah. and then went back up to it. She could have gone further to keep her average at 45 and stay. stay well, up. My final words on this, in like more word of warning to myself and everyone, is that on these final weekends and in championships in general, what is the rule? Goalkeepers usually win it. And I say goalkeepers, plural. And you called Katrina Lunda a cheat code. You've become amazed by Celia Solberg and the fact that she's saved over 40, she has an over 40% You'd save record in the last four championships. You'd be so pissed off if you're right? Celia Solberg. But the two of them together means that chances are in both the semi-final, potentially, and whatever their game is on Sunday, one of them is going to do enough when it really matters. That's why we can't rule them out. Uh, it would be, wouldn't it be really funny if De- uh, Norway beat France mm-hmm. and then played Denmark in the final and just beat them again? I and despite Denmark that's probably having going to happen, a beautiful moment. Yes, they just go out and uh, then yeah. Montenegro get their sweet, sweet revenge and beat France in the bronze medal match. I'm gonna go with France to beat Denmark um, in the bronze medal in match. the final. <laughs> Okay. So I, I'm with you, Brian. Uh, I, I I do think that France are the best team. I think Denmark will need a perfect game, and they learn to take risks. And taking risks against France is a terrible, terrible idea, uh, which won't be enough. And it's it's a perfect it's a perfect story. You know, they're fourth place in 2020, then they were third place in 2021. Now they're going to be second place in 2022. Mm-hmm. And then next year, in a home championship, they win the, the gold medal. It will be beautiful, but this year belongs to France. Two for France. Two for France. One for Norway slash Denmark. Three for handball. Everyone for handball. See you on the live show on Thursday afternoon. I'm not sure if Brian knows this is happening. As soon as you land, no, a couple hours after you land, we're going to be live on Twitch doing the all-star team nominations and uh what else are we gonna do uh, this again this again but <laughs> live uh, mostly about the all-star team nominations yeah brian we'll, talk, the, we'll talk best players yeah best players brian campion's uh top 17 defenders of the championship and much more on the home of handball on twitch but in order to make that happen we have to let brian sleep now it is yes quarter past midnight it's now thursday Brian, see you in a few hours in Ljubljana. We'll see you then.